Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of State of the Cash. And I got my guy, Die Hard Knicks Podcast, in the building. How you doing, bro? What's up? Doing good, man. I got on Peppa Pig watching my kids right now, man. So we should be good. <laughs> it's all good, man. My, my co-host, he got four kids, and they be running around crazy while we recording. We be recording, so... I, I don't mind it, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, I'll just I'll turn but, the mic down if I gotta do any any extracurricular activities with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. <laughs> it's cool. Sunday afternoon, football's on. But of course, we gotta we gotta talk Knicks, man. We gotta talk Knicks, man. It's like it's a couple things to get into. But overall, first I wanted to ask, how you feel about this offseason? Off season, man. I mean, you know, it's it's like about expectations. You know, we already been through it all with with the whole, you know, Kyrie and, and Durant thing. So people at this point should have learned their lesson. So I mean, my lesson's been learned already. So I'm I'm, I'm looking at it at at, a, at um like like we need to like just continue tacking on and keep just building like we've been building. You know, just do um do what we got to do as far as you know like we drafting well and then we're picking up young guys. So this this is this is um the pace that I would like to go, and um, I'm okay with it, man. I'm okay with everything. When you when you say we drafted well, a lot of people think we drafted like garbage. Like a lot of people dislike the past three drafts. A lot of people dislike Frank. A lot of people dislike Kevin Knox. A lot of people dislike R.J. Barrett. Why do you think we got? A, why do you think we had a good past three drafts? Well, you know, it's it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's like, what, what are you thinking in your mind when, you, when you're thinking about these type of players? Like, R.J. Barrett, the people have, have the nerve to complain about that, but at one point, it was just a, a two-man draft. At one point, it was actually a one-man draft with just R.J. Because, you know, uh, you know, a big man, you know, he just came out of nowhere, you know, because everybody thought he was just going to be a highlight tape, but then he actually showed that he got game. So then it became a two-man draft, and then the other kid, um, you know, this in this in uh, Memphis right now, he came he John Moran. Yeah, John Moran. He literally came out of nowhere and then, you know, jumped up, jump ahead of both of those guys jumped ahead of RJ. So it, it's just like, you know, it, it depends on how you look at things because people people have short memories. It's all about like what happened, you know, what recently happened, you know. So I mean that that's just my take on RJ or whatever. But you know, as far as like Kevin Knox and, and stuff like that, like I I get upset now. I'm trying not to do it, you know, because you got me involved in Twitter, man. So I'm like Gang banging every day on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it's tough. Yeah, bro. it's tough. It's tough. Man. I know. I, I know tough, the guys bro. go at you pretty hard, you know, because because you're like a veteran over there. But yeah, man, I'm starting to get my stripes. But you know, I I, I wanted to mention uh, Knox and um and Mitch and those guys. You know, uh, you know, developing Frank with the development. It's it's at it's at a point now where like so much years has passed that um now now development is kind of over. We kind of need these guys to start. Uh, applying and teaching because we got new young guys now, you know. Right, and I don't, I don't know how you feel about this, but my take on that is, I always give players leniency their first three years. Your first three years, I'm not gonna bother you. I'm gonna let you develop. I'm gonna let you develop your game. Now, year four is when you do not get coddled no more. So, on that front. I'm not going to really be harsh on Kevin Knox next season or Mitchell Robinson, but I do want to see impact because they did have nine months off. But Frank Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr., those those two top two on my list. Both of y'all is in year four. I believe 
Frank Nilakina's cap hold is eighteen million. I believe Dennis Smith Jr.'s cap hold is seventeen million something, and that's a lot of money. So I need to see production. But then I just seen a tweet that that horrifies me. It 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 makes me feel some type of way. It just it's it's just so aggravating. And the, the Alfred Payton signing is official. <laughs> <laughs> it just does something, bro. Like. I, I can't do it with this kid uh, anymore, bro. Like, like, tell me the, t- tell me the positive reasons why. Well, the, the positives. Payton was resigned. Yeah, please. Well, I mean, the positives for it is just that he was signed for one year for five mil. So, if uh, if need be, you know, we could just get rid of him, just wave him straight up. You know, it's not going to do nothing to the cap because he's only on a one year deal. But you know, on the flip on the flip side, the guy does have NBA experience, man. He he, he was um starting in Orlando. He has starting experience. He can't shoot. You know, he does a lot of wacky things sometimes. But then sometimes he'll bust out a triple double. You know, for a stretch a stretch oh, a few games. You know what I'm saying? So he does have have some skill. But you know, it, the same thing. It has to do with perspective. You know, because like we have other guys that are that are here too now. We got um. Uh, Austin Rivers is around now. We got uh, Emmanuel Quickly, who I think is gonna um yep. he's gonna jump in right away. I think, you know. And then another guy, um, Miles um, Powell. He's Powell. yeah. Yep. You know, I don't I don't want to jump the gun too much with with, with that, but I mean, there's the, a bunch of different names now that like Alfred Payton. He's only making five mil. Some of these other rookies are making close to what he's making. So the the whole salary and all that stuff doesn't really really matter. What matters is what what um what kind of mix we can get in practice. And you know, thank God we don't have. Fizdale and Keith Smart, you know, watching, oh, you know, conducting the practice. You know what I'm saying? We don't have, oh, you know, Phil God. Jackson in, in the Raptors, you know, trying to tell guys what oh. to do. You know, we, we we got a real man, you know, as the coach. And not, he's not only by himself. He got a whole crew with him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just hope that they're looking at, at it the way we are looking at it. And um, they can they can really make, make you know, good decisions with how they're going to make that rotation. See, I just don't want the politics being played. I don't want... I don't want any kids sat because they missed the jump shot. I really was pissed off last season upon the way Fisdale handled Dennis Smith Jr. Because I understand you want to let a kid play and shake the rust off. I understand that and I respect it. But when he's playing that bad, you do him a disservice, you do the fans a disservice, you do yourself a disservice. It was games I was watching Dennis Smith Jr. and I said, just, just take the kid off the court. It's, it's just brutal. It's games where I watch Frank Nilakina. Okay, he's giving you defense. I respect it, but Mister Six Three and Two needs to show up in the box scores now. I love the fact that he's a analytical junkie. Like the analytic kids love Frank Nilakina. I love it too, but I need to see production on the court. And I guess management sees that as well by bringing Alfred Payton back. I'm. I am pissed off at it because last season I just watched him assist hunt and he force fed Randall 29% of the time, 40% of the time after Mook was traded. And his three-point shooting was horrible. His man-to-man defense was terrible. Um, His overall offensive IQ was horrible. But I understand it. You keep stability. You keep these same guys around each other. And then another thing I noticed was Nick Batum was waived today and stretched by the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, New Orleans Pelicans, Charlotte Hornets. So that Julius Randle trade, day by day, it's looking slimmer and slimmer. And I think we're just going to have to get used to these guys, bro. I think 
I think that's what it comes down to, man. I think that's what it comes down to. This is why the first question I wanted to ask you, the original first question was to tank or not to tank. Um, it, It's a thin line. And then you got to look at the coach we got. It's what are we going to do next season to get better? Do you want to – what do you think we need to start doing to get better next season? Well, the the, the first thing, we, we got to get the word tank out of our of, of vocabulary, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, but for, first so, – so, so you want me to say lose with respect? No, 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 no. No, it's not It's not about that anymore. Like like, like I said, it's just the, it's the mentality. You, you got to – we have to get out of that, that, that thinking. Because like um next year next year is gonna be a stacked draft, man. I, I could you know guys keep talking about that one dude Cade whatever his name is, but I mean there's like ten dudes that that legit could, could go like like you know they they're gonna be really good players you know for, for next year you know, so you know it's not really about tanking for that one guy because I'm like I said I'm looking at ten dudes, you know I'm, I'm kind of looking at names now man some of these guys are really really good you know, so it's not like one one person wow. that we're gonna really tank for you know what I'm saying? Yeah yeah and. I'm not really too concerned about losing every game because we have eight um eight games per uh division opponents. So and I think we play in the toughest division anyway in basketball. So I feel like as long as we're just competitive and not getting smacked by 20 points each game, I think we could still have a high chance to win 28 games and still get a top 10 pick. Listen, people talking about Kay Cunningham. I watched Jalen Suggs the other day, bro. Dang. This kid looked like Baron. He's Gage. freaking nasty. Nasty. He is nasty. Then I watched Josh Christopher the other night putting on a show looking like Bradley Bill and him. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yo, Josh yo. Christopher, like, you know, and so these names, he's not even in the top 10 with, with these names, uh, you know, coming out, Josh Christopher. You know, I'm looking at that right now. They got him at 16. You know, we're talking about a guy that they have at 16, and you, you, saw, you saw what I saw. You know what I'm saying? Somebody that's nasty like that, you know? Yeah. Bunch of guys. BJ Boston. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I was watching. I'm watching BJ Boston right now. His shot, his shot creating ability is superb. Yeah. I didn't even know he could create his own shot like yeah, that. Yeah, at the moment, at the moment, it got him at eight on NBA draft that net. So that tells you right there. So, like, the whole tanker thing is just straight up out the window right now, you know? What we need to do, though, we need to let NBA teams know that um that this is not a sideshow like like that's been going on because yo we had yo I was listening to um uh somebody's podcast I forgot who it was but I, I was listening to them they were talking about um what do you call it? Larry Brown we had Larry Brown man for at one point Mister Mister like perfect basketball <laughs> played the right way and shit like that we had like forty something starting lineups during that during that year you know the turnover for the roster during that was was crazy so we have to prove we have to show the NBA. That we're not a bunch of joke jokers anymore because we had every single like major coach that you could think of. Freaking Lenny Wilkins was here. They embarrassed Lenny Wilkins. I mean, yo, you could yo, just go down the line. Yo, can yeah. you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor? And for the listeners, can you? I, I want you to break that <laughs> down. I want you to break down because I know I know you're a little older than me, and I I remember his era, but I kind of don't. Can you please break down to the listeners how bad? Larry Brown. Yo, Larry, first, first, you gotta, you gotta just know the history of Larry Brown. Larry Brown is an asshole. He's a straight asshole. You know, you just, you just have to know that about him. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, go down to um. I'm not even gonna mention the Philly, the Philly situation because the Philly situation was kind of like it was like the perfect kind of um thing. And it also too, um, Allen Iverson had had a lot of people in his corner that was battling Larry Brown for him. 
You know what I'm saying? So that, that that's like a whole different story. But I mean, like you'll take it back to even before our before both of our time, the ABA. Larry um Larry Brown um you know he was one of the the the, the greatest basketball excuse me greatest point guards to ever play in the NBA. And that's not NBA ABA I'm talking about. You know he never actually played in the NBA. But but the reason why he didn't play in the NBA because he was an asshole. You know he didn't want to um to make the transfer transfer over to the NBA. He wanted to dominate the ABA. That's what that was all about. So anyway, just some um, backstory with Larry Brown. That 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 one year with the Knicks. I mean, he was starting guys according to their hometown. You know, we, we had like like if, if you I I don't have it up now, but if you look at the on um, the roster, we had like um what's the dude now that that um that got the podcast now? He was on the Lakers. Uh, the one the one that had the fight with um Kobe. Uh, uh, I keep forgetting. Yeah, I keep forgetting his name. But anyway, damn. Oh oh, you talking about um? Yeah, my man from all the smoke. I can't think of. Matt there you go, Matt, Matt Barnes. Barnes. So, I mean, Matt Barnes was on the team. People forget that Matt Barnes was a Nick. You know, he started, you know, and came off the bench and all this just because Larry Brown was just fooling around. He was feuding with, um, um, you know, Isaiah Thomas, and um, he was feuding with the front office. He signed a five, I believe, a five-year deal, whatever. So, he just took all that money in and uh, and told the Knicks to go fuck themselves, basically. You know, speak my language, but that's, that's, that's exactly what Larry Brown did. You know, so, well, I mean, we have to prove to the NBA that we're not – we're not no sideshow no more. I mean, you know, even fast forward to like Phil Jackson and, and the stuff that was going on there. It's like there's always some some stuff going on with the Knicks, but we got to prove to uh, everybody watching that we're not the same Knicks anymore. This is something different going on here. So we move off the Larry Brown era, and mind you, Isaiah Thomas had he had the good ideas. Let let's be clear. I believe he had good ideas when he was making the trades that yeah. he did. I just I believe that he went about making those trades the wrong way. Then we get introduced to Steve, I believe Steve Mills was was damn near with everybody, but we get Phil Jackson and Phil Jackson was recently was one of the most horrible president of basketball operations I've ever seen. Um the man literally traded Carmelo Anthony during a press conference and is still bears in my mind how he did it and the 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 destroying of Chris Porzingis, the the signing Joaquin Noah signing Derrick Rose my podcast co-host wanted Derrick Rose back on the team I instantly told him <laughs> hell no so so it, it it's just the amount of dysfunction that we had to endure I think this is the first season where I could look at the roster and I could say to myself okay I'm comfortable with what we got besides Alfred Payton being on that roster, but I'm comfortable with what we got and I'm ready to go. I don't believe tanking is an option. Um, I do believe that the Knicks will win 28 plus games. And I believe we can, it's two things. We can either fight for the ninth or 10th seed, or we could be the 11th seed and still get a great pick in next year's draft. Regardless, I want to just see progress on the court. And progress on the court and showing positivity to other players around the league, I believe it starts with showing our players is getting better. Mm-hmm. What what I mean by that is if Dennis Smith Jr., Frank Nilekina, Kevin Knox, RJ Barrett, Mitch Robinson, any one of these guys take a step forward, don't you think agents would be like, yeah, let's send our guys to the Knicks because we know it's a great environment for kids. It's a great environment for other players. 
Um, I compared this Knicks roster to the 2017-2018 Nets. And I want to know what's your thoughts about when I say that. Because remember that team had a bunch of undrafted players, a bunch of late draft picks. But Kenny Atkinson found a way to get that group to play together and play hard. And out of that one season, they get Kyrie and KD. So how do you what what how do you feel about what I just said as far as comparing them to the 2017-2018 Nets and having a roster full of yeah, misfits? Yeah, I, I get it, man. I'm I'm looking at the the roster now. It, it was it was a roster full of misfits, but everybody got a chance to play. I'm looking at the minutes per game. We got um guys down in uh, 15 minutes. Uh, Tyler Zell, um, Zeller was there. Uh, Nick Stra- uh, Strauss. Uh, you know, a bunch of different guys. Uh, you know, Dante Cunningham, Jaron Allen. There's a bunch of crazy names there. But I mean, like, you know, to compare it, that, that's actually a, a pretty good comparison because right now that's exactly what we have. Ronde, um, Hollis Jefferson, you know, these are guys that, that you can compare to, like, not necessarily with production as far as points and shit like that, but, um, you know, Julius Randle and all these different guys. This, these are uh, players that we're setting the table with. And we have our, our young guys that um that have spots. So we, we just have to be careful. We have to get the right mix to um give guys opportunity to to succeed. Because I'm looking at Spencer Denville, too. He had just came over. Uh, he averaged 28 minutes a game. He was getting 12 and six. You know that's an opportunity for him. But he he um used this opportunity to take him to all star level. You know then um De- um DeAndre Russell, you forget about him. You know he he took his um game to the next level too. But then he ended up flipping him. You know later on. So I mean this is it's, it's it's a really good um good comparison, man. Because you know um the Knicks are are in a, in a spot now where where we just kind of just laying the table with all the, all the you know free agency and all that stuff. And uh, right now, you know, like, like I said, that's, that's what I'm trying to try to, um, you know, tell, tell you about the um, whole painting thing. You can't really get so mad about it because, yo, this is really just setting the table. You know, we, we haven't um, we don't have anybody on long contracts. You know, these guys are all on one year contracts. So next year we're looking at 50 million and plus, you know, in, in cash space. So we're going to do it all over again. So this this is like a, like a beautiful time, man, to, to be a Knicks fan. And, uh, you know, just the complaining. We can't we just can't complain like that, like I used to, you know. Yeah, I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at the roster for next off season. So basically, next off season, we only got five guys in the contract. It's crazy. Mitchell Robinson, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, Kevin Knox, R.J. Barrett. We have sixty-four million in cap space right now. Currently, um, we have a chance to. If one of those five guys, or at least two, break out next season, we have a chance to attract a, a B-level player because the only A-level player I believe that will be on the market next offseason is Giannis Antetokounmpo. But mm-hmm. we will see. But it's a bunch of B-level players that you could get that can make your team marginally better. Um, A lot of people... I, a name that's being floated out there, and I don't really want this guy on my team, is Pandemic <laughs> Pete. Yeah. I believe he's CAA. I believe he's represented by Leon Rose's son, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's one of the names that's being floated out there. I don't want Paul George at all. But if, if he's the guy who's going to come take the money, he's not a bad player. 
I wouldn't mind him, but it's a wait and see for me. But we have $64 million in cap space, so we have a chance to throw $30 million at one guy, throw another $30 million at another guy, and say, do y'all two want to come play together with these five young kids and see what we can do? And, and mind you, that's not even – we're not even adding the fact that we got two first-round picks Oof. next year. We got two. So we got two bites at the apple next next offseason. And they, the both picks might be lottery. Looking at Dallas, you know, with the situation with the West – so we can have two shots, two shots at mm-hmm. those guys. And we are like I said, we already mentioned 16 mm-hmm. players that could that could possibly be NBA stars next year. You know what I'm saying? So we got two mm-hmm. shots at that. You know, and one, one thing I want to mention too is um the the uh, opportunity to have a play-in. They're talking about having a play-in tournament for the for like the last few seeds, I think up to like um number 10. So I think from yeah, so that's yep. gonna be important too. Say so let's say if the Knicks are like borderline playoff team and stuff like that, and and we actually get into the tournament and win, NBA t- NBA players are gonna be lo- look like yo, like yo, the Knicks are doing something down there, you know what I'm saying? And then like yo, you, you also mentioned the two thirty something dollar on uh, contracts. Maybe maybe um maybe we don't want to get like uh uh, I- I'm trying not to <laughs> I'm trying not to curse, <laughs> so, but, but like yeah, but like Paul George, ahead, like brother. that's a guy that um that that we don't want a guy like. This is already proven already, but we might actually be able to get guys that are getting like twenty five mil, you know, like that. Add those two guys to to the guys that we um, currently have, and like like you mentioned, um, these guys, uh, you know, finally um, becoming something. Uh, they're they're we got year four guys. We got we got a bunch of guys that are in their twenties that are that are young. So it, it, the the situation is ripe, especially with Fisdale for everyone to to blossom at the same time. So you know, fingers crossed for that. So if everybody can get it together at the same time. While this is happening, and possibly like you know, we, we can win the the playing tournament, get two more high draft picks next year, and then still have the um sixty something million dollars. What the what what does that what does that say to, say to um to to you? You know what I'm saying? But the, the the yeah the table is set yeah. right now for us to explode. Not not necessarily this year, but like you know, definitely next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I I'm not going in the mindset. With next season, though, we got to make the playoffs. I, that's not my mindset right now because R.J. Barrett is going in his second year. So my thought process was by R.J. Barrett's third or fourth season, we should be in the playoffs. Third or fourth season. Not really too concerned about the next season. But if we have an opportunity to get in that play-in, I want them to shoot for it. I want them to shoot for it. I want these kids to have meaningful games, have meaningful minutes. My beef with the Alfred Payton thing is <laughs> I, I already said a bunch of negatives, but it's just the him and Julius Randle thing is just it's clunky to me. Clunky. You draft Obi Toppin. You draft Emmanuel quickly. You go get Austin Rivers. You got Alec Burks. You get Nerlens Noel. Right? You're getting all these, you're getting, I don't know how all of these pieces is going to work. What I will say is we have guys who are good locker room guys. That's what I've been reading upon all these pickups. Good locker room guys. And Leon Rose is running the Knicks like <laughs> a mob boss family. He's only getting people he's comfortable with. He's only getting people who has connections with us. I don't want to 
crap on the Knicks fans who said, oh, the CAA is taking over the Knicks. Oh, we getting on, we going to get nothing but Kentucky players. I don't give a damn. To be honest, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to the Knicks yeah. last decade. Besides the mellow trade. You know, at least we're not getting guys from like NYU or something like that, or, or like you know some some like farm team somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Kentucky's one of the greatest teams ever. Yeah, France. you know, in college sports. So you know, that's 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 not really something to to cry about. I mean, that's 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 um that's Knicks fans for no. you, man. You know, it, man, Knicks fans is ridiculous. Knicks fans complain all the time. I'm in a thread where dudes complain about. Frank and Knox and RJ all day long. Nick fans is impatient, but you got to respect that we're loyal is the reason why we're impatient. Because when you stick around for 15 plus years and you haven't won anything and you see all these other teams get the first overall pick, get the hoist up the trophy. You see the late, you see how the NBA just gift the Lakers the fourth pick so they can make that Anthony Davis trade. Like, we see all of this. So, it's a matter of being patient. Um, I, I, th- that's all Knicks fans got to do. But, last, last thing, and I mm-hmm. guess we can get out of here. I, I really wanted to know this. The roster has 16 guys on it. And it might be possible that the Knicks will make a trade before December 22nd. I put up a poll of the next, who the next trade targets should be right now. And the top two players on my poll was Lonzo Ball and Cam Reddish. Lonzo Ball, because the Pelicans has a log jam at point guard. We don't have a starting point guard. And Cam Reddish is because he's RJ's ex-teammate but on top of the fact that Atlanta just signed – not to go over else, how do you feel about Atlanta's offseason? Well, you know, Atlanta, they they um, they have two guys already on the team, young guys that, that um, scored over 20 a game. So they already have, like, the table set with guys on rookie-scale contracts that um that you can build around over there. They also, too, they live in Atlanta. Atlanta's the new Wakanda. Everybody wants to be in Atlanta. White, black, doesn't matter. Everybody wants to live in um in, in Atlanta because of the the, the climate. The atmosphere, um, the, the your dollar, the your dollar goes far there too, and um, you know, people are friendly down there, and so people want to be in Atlanta right now for the first time, in, like in the history of the world, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so what what they did, um, with, with that, like uh, Gallo Gallo's down there, uh, the other um European guy, um, from from the outside looking, at, yeah, Bogey, these guys Bogey. they want to be in Atlanta because because of the lifestyle, it's very similar to to Europe when when um. When these guys explain it, you know, because they have a lot, a lot of um, country um, style living, a lot of like driving, you know, it, it, just, it just reminds them of being back home. That's why they're there. You know, they got Clint Capella. They actually, they actually have a playoff team. You know, I'm expecting them to be, you know, top five team in the, in, um, in the East. But I mean, you know, that's why we play the games and stuff, man. So. Wow. I mean, look at their starting lineup. They, you're talking about, um, what's his name? John John Collins. Uh, they got Gallows there. You got um, Clint you got Trey Young, and um, and now you got Bogey over there. So that that's a dope um starting five, and then plus they got all of the young guys that they had last year are still on, on the roster, you know. So they and 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 what, what they got the freaking um uh what's the other dude the um the uh oh, 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 oh
and he's coming. He's gonna be coming off the bench, so you know they they kind of got a good going over there. Not a lot of a lot of young guys and a lot of um older guys, so it should work, you know. But you know you got to play the games though. How to first of yeah. all, it's one basketball. They got ten guys who averaged double digit points last season. Second of all, that's starting five you just named. Who the hell is going to be defending? <laughs> well, I yeah, gotta know. Yeah, I think I gotta know. Collins can't defend. Gallo can't defend. Bogey, he could kind of defend, but Trey Young is abysmal yeah. at defense. So how how the hell Gallo slow? How the hell his what? slow ass is going to be defending that small forward? I heard he's coming off the yeah. bench. Kudos to them. But they remind me of the 2017 Kings when they did the whole Harrison Barnes nonsense. And you overstack talent at positions you already drafted. They remind me of the Knicks from last season. I think they overdid it. They blocked the they blocked the 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 development of Reddish, Herder, and Hunter. I, that's the reason why I bring them up. I I don't really like what they did. I I could understand if they went and got Jeremy Grant instead of Gallo, and then I could be like, okay, I could understand the roster. But to get Gallo and Bogey. Yeah, somebody got to defend, bro. Yeah, I, I was somebody I was expecting um, Grant to go to Atlanta as well, you know, just just from that whole the whole country thing. But I mean, you know, like you said, Gallo might be coming off the bench, but they could put you know uh, whoever their guys are, Hunter or Cam Reddish, whatever. They can put those guys at the small four. You know, it, it all it all depends. They they have, they have they they at least they have the pieces to mix it up. You know, the um, the Knicks don't don't have any of that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I say that I ain't gonna say that. I, 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 uh, as a team, whatever, but. Atlanta got better, man. You need talent in this league to, to win. So, you know, they, they went out there and got talent. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. I, I, I'm not too concerned about what everybody else doing, but I see all of these contracts that was given out. The Gordon Hayward. That was crazy to me. You know, I, you I'm know, glad we didn't, we, didn't, um, we didn't sign that guy to that, to that money. No, no, no. Um, Leon Rose, it was reported that Leon Rose went hard after Jeremy Grant and he went hard after um, Gordon Hayward. But I don't believe that he was offering the same amount of money that those respective teams was offering those players. So kudos to Leon Rose for not overpaying anybody, just like how Julius Randle's overpaid. But, you know, kudos to him for just having a strong, steady offseason, not pressing the red button, and just not doing anything just overall stupid. Because the Knicks for clicks is heavy. They Everybody's waiting for us to just do something stupid. I'm reading the tweets. They're like, damn, the Knicks offseason is boring. You're damn right it's boring. It needs to be boring. Last 20 years, it was a sideshow. It was a joke. It was a circus. So I'm, I'm mostly happy about everything. What is your predictions? Matter of fact, I'm going to make this last thing. I'm going to let you get out of here for this beautiful Sunday because I'm going to finish watching my Giants. Um, yeah, my, my kids are, are starting to okay, – okay. I'm sorry. What is your... <laughs> it, 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 yeah, I, I, I hear them. <laughs> it's all right, man. It's all right. Love the kids. Um, lastly, what is your prediction about preseason? Name, name me your top three predictions. What's gonna happen uh, for the preseason? Uh, I'm I'm hoping the guys. I, I'm I'm just hoping that um that that we just take it to guys, man. I, I I don't care who's out there. You know nobody's really mentioned that, but I'm I'm expecting like 
these guys to come out and just play. And we, we got to put the league on notice, man. Even if we lose games, we got to let everybody know, damn, we got to go into New York. Because, I mean, they got the people, you know, they, they're going to be doing it regionally. Like, they're going to have guys coming into Brooklyn and all this other stuff. And then, you know, they got to face New York, too. So I don't want them to pencil the Knicks and be like, okay, that's the easy game. I want them to show up this year and be like, yo, the Knicks is, is, is a team that we got to go to sleep for. You know what I'm saying? There's no hanging out down, um, you know, doing our thing. We, we got to get some sleep because the Knicks are going to bring it. That's, that's the only thing I want, man. I want some respect. I want the respect back. <laughs> See, me, I just hope that Dennis Smith Jr. shows up, Frank Nilakina shows up, and Kevin Knox shows up. I hope we get good production. I hope that the lineup shake out itself. And I'm just hoping by December 21st, Thibodeau names DSJ or Frank Nilakina the starting point guard. That would make everything so beautiful for me. Um, but I guess we got into everything. Um, any, anything else you want to say to Nick Nation, my brother? Before we get out of here, and any new pro, any new uh projects you got coming out? I see you doing your thing with uh my the the, the OG Sim over there. I see you doing your thing. I'll be watching that too. So you know, let the let the people. Well, know you know the, the whole Sim thing. Sim got a got a network of guys. We've been we've been on uh, working together and stuff. So we calling ourselves the MBK fam. You know what I'm saying? So that that's it's it's fun, man. You know you know Sim yeah. Sim is a real. What what you see on on the screen with Sim? That's exactly who he is, man. So I'm glad to to be hanging out with him you know, from time to time, whatever. So you know, we, we have like a, a weekly podcast we're going to be doing uh, for Sportscaster. It's, it's actually a visual, you know, an audio podcast that we're going to put on YouTube as well. So that's cool, man. But then, you know, also me, I'm I'm, I'm always podcasting. Just like you, you you're busy too, man. You, I, I see you interviewing a whole bunch of different people too. So uh, we're just busy, man. You know, everybody got their voice. Everybody does things the way they do it. And we just got to keep doing it, man. No matter what what platform you, you are, we, we just got to keep the narrative going. And um, keep the um, Knicks for clicks away, man. The the ESPN and the and the beat writers and everybody else that wants to talk shit about the Knicks, man. Keep their names out of our mouths. Keep keep their names out of out of their mouths. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> our names out of their mouths. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nah, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. Um, well, Nick Nation, we out of here. I want you to enjoy your Sunday. I appreciate you talking to me, man. Nick Nation, I appreciate y'all tuning in to episode 121 of State of the New York Knicks podcast. Enjoy y'all Sunday. Everybody, if you go out, please wear your goddamn mask. God bless. My God, Die Hard Knicks podcast. Appreciate you too, brother. All love. Nick Nation, we out of here. Peace.